This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, folks. How are you doing today? This is a video I honestly thought I would never create. So as I shared earlier in the week, uh, I have a friend in my personal network who is, um, let's just say, ultra bullish on cryptocurrency. Uh, He is the first individual that brought me the idea of Bitcoin three or four years ago. Uh, He was a big proponent of it in the run-up in 2017. Uh, I remember that year he came to the house, had dinner, and he was uh, ultra, ultra bullish about what was going on in 17. So much so at the time he had a, I don't know, some kind of necklace or chain and he had on the end of it this like little, I don't know, I call it a thumb drive. Maybe it was a key. I don't know what it was, but basically all this crypto wealth was on this key. And I just remember going, are you kidding me? What is, what is going on? So as I was share with you throughout this story, uh, I was left uh, thinking that uh, this is crazy. There's no way I'm getting involved in another pen, you know, another, just a bullish run-up of retail investors, right? It felt very much like the dot-com arena, which felt good until it didn't. So I was a big pass on that. But I had a heart to heart with them, a long conversation today or this week. Uh, I did a video on it earlier in the week, and I have been thinking about it a lot and doing a bunch of research. So I wanted to share with you my opinion, why I deployed capital into Bitcoin for the first time ever. Uh, you can go back and find videos on this channel where I talk about crypto. I'm basically saying, hey, uh, yes, I think blockchain is real. I think crypto is real, but I'm not smart enough to pick the winner. Uh, So I'm not playing. I don't like all the altcoins and all those things. I think it's uh, a quick way to lose money. Uh, But let me share with you why I finally deployed capital and why I will be deploying more uh, here shortly over the next several months, if not year. Uh, Because I have a goal. I have a plan. And then lastly, if you want to look into uh, Bitcoin, uh, get $10, uh, I guess $10 credit for your first $100 trade, which is 10%. Uh, there's a link at the end of the presentation. Ugh! I'm sorry about that. That's what happens when you record these live. So there's a link at the end of this and there will be a link in the description you can click on. You'll get $10, I'll get $10. So free disclosure, don't have to use it. Uh, by any means, $10 in Bitcoin is nothing when it's $18,000. But hey, if you see this, you like it, you, you see what I'm doing and you might want to, why not? Give you 10 bucks, I get 10 bucks, uh, and it's kind of a win-win. So let me share with you what I'm doing uh, and why it's kind of different, at least different than what I was thinking in 2017, 18, and all of that. So, So this is uh, my presentation I built. Let me move this out of the way. So why I finally bought Bitcoin last week. So first and foremost, Bitcoin was first brought to me in 2017. Uh, I was still employed. 
uh, had, I don't know, lots of units, over 150 or so at the time, I'm sure. And it was brought to me in a way that made me feel very uncomfortable, right? This was the time uh, where, again, my friend came, had dinner, sat on the couch, just was oozing excitement, which again, I read as I got to run away from. And then when you research and you see Time Magazine and Newsweek, all these people talking about their grandparents and whatnot buying it, I'm like, nope, not touching that with a 10 foot pole. It goes on to increase in value and ultimately crash. It was kind of predictable. It felt very much like the dot-com crisis. So I'm glad I avoided and didn't go forward. Uh, but as things move forward, things mature. Uh, there's an individual which I've referenced several times on this channel. I call him the next Warren Buffett or maybe my generation's Warren Buffett. Chamath, I'm not even going to try last name. Uh, he talks about Bitcoin and talks about everybody should have 1% of their net worth as a hedge or an insurance policy. That caught my attention. That was interesting to me. A hedge or an insurance policy, only 1%. You know, 1% to me means if I lost it, no big deal. But if it paid off, you know, I'm, my other stuff is protected. That one idea caused me to dig deeper. That one idea caused me to dig deeper. Historically, I've bought gold and silver and I've physically owned it. Do I have my little silver? I actually have a, yeah, there it is. Uh, anyways, I have a little silver thing I usually show, but I have one, uh, you know, one kilo of silver on my desk. And, you know, uh, I've showed you a hundred ounce bar that I have. So I've, I've owned gold and silver in the past, but if I were to get 1% of gold and silver of my net worth, that would be that would be difficult to store because I usually like silver over gold. Uh, but to get 1% of my net worth in silver, I don't want to pay the holding cost for that. And by the way, I don't like ETFs. Uh, but so that's, again, that's what I had done historically. And I've shared that uh, in the past. And I've done quite well uh, with physical gold and physical silver. Something I learned, I mean, maybe I saw this before, but it didn't really hit my radar until I see what's going on with the dollar and these trillions of dollars in spending and this mountain of debt that the world is taking on is that Bitcoin has a fixed supply. There will only ever be 21 million coins. Now they're divisible, but there will only ever be 21 million coins. And as of today, there's I think 18.5 million or thereabouts. So there's a very small fraction of supply left. It's estimated that it'll take 10 years to get the, what is that? The, the next 2.5, I guess that is. The last 2.5 million by the miners. So again, that fixed supply is interesting. And again, it's interesting to me because again, I watch the daily financial, right? I watch the markets every day. I share with you every day. And man, this debt that we're taking on and the, the chance of another multi-trillion dollar stimulus bill and infrastructure bill, it's just got me very concerned about our currency. Even if we don't have inflation, we could certainly have a reduction in our currency and the dollar is, I just don't, I can't see the dollar remaining as strong as it is for decades on end. There's going to be, a, there has to be a breaking point. And 
again, that is interesting to me, again, under the guise of there's a fixed supply. So again, I've been twice Bitcoin has hit my radar, at least enough for me to spend hours researching it. 2017, ran away. Like I can smell a bubble. I see a bubble, big time bubble, run away. That's going to hurt a lot of people. And I was right. Uh, 2020 is very different. First off, institutions are coming out. Family offices are coming out. And frankly, not the retail investor. The retail investor is trading stocks on Robinhood. The retail investor got burned with Bitcoin last time and they're not coming back. That caught my attention. When you look at, like, just go to the Google search and look for how many times, how much, how much, how many times Bitcoin was searched on Google in 2017 versus 2020, it's not even close. That got me excited. That means the retail buyer is not in Bitcoin. They're, in, they're on Robinhood trading Tesla and trading the cruise lines and trading the airlines. Again, I don't want to play in that space, but hey, if, as you'll see in a minute, institutions like Paul Tudor Jones and Stanley Druckenmiller are talking about Bitcoin and Chamath, somebody I know I respect and would love to meet someday, I like that insurance policy. I like that hedge. I call it an insurance policy against stupidity by our government. Not bad. So again, 2017, very retail buyer. I could see it. I could see people vibrating, which really turns me off. It's like, God, everybody's doing this. I have to run away. Because again, they're weak hands. They're playing for the uptick and they're going to sell it on the downward and they'll be gone. The institutional buyer, they're going to put it in a vault not a physical vault, but they're going, to they're going to buy for five to seven years. They're not going to day trade this thing. So as institutions come on and take millions of coins or, yeah, I guess, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of coins out of circulation, it's just going to reduce the trade, right? Reduce the volatility. That interests me, right? If they're going to put it in cold storage, you know, we could have 15, 20, 30, 40% of the supply of Bitcoin really off the market. Think think Coca-Cola. Warren Buffett has owned, I don't know what it is. So call it 10% of Coke or 8% of Coke for 40 years. What happens if 30 or 40% of Bitcoin is off the market? Again, remember only 21 million coins ever. That's pretty interesting. And then as I mentioned in the, I don't know, sometime this week, MicroStrategy, putting $400 million of their cash reserve into Bitcoin instead of cash. Wow. That was an interesting call. And it might be something other Fortune 500 companies to do. Now, I don't suspect many will put 90% of their cash in Bitcoin. But what if they put 10%? Or shoot, what if they put 1%? Again, we're taking supply off the market. Then we have what PayPal and Square are doing. You have Stanley Druckenmiller talking about it. BlackRock, BlackRock, largest hedge fund on the planet, talking about digital gold and Bitcoin being digital gold. That caught my attention. Again, for me, back to why I'm not buying silver and gold, if I was going to buy 1% of my net worth in silver and gold, storing it would be a problem. I don't want that problem. I don't want that concern. We have Paul Tudor Jones going, people should have 2%. 
And I've already shared with you, Chamath said 1%. And then lastly, I firmly believe Wall Street is coming. Wall Street will find a way to get fees and you know advice and all of that. And again, let's not forget, this health crisis has caused a lot of things to accelerate. And I think cryptocurrency has been given the green light and specifically Bitcoin. Again, I'm not a fan of all these altcoins. If you're going to own one, own the one, right? I'm, my friend has, I think he said, 50 different coins when we talked on Tuesday or Wednesday. I will never have more than one. Just doesn't interest me. I'm doing this for a reason that you will see in a minute. So what do I see now that I didn't see in 2017? I see Bitcoin as a store of value. Kind of like my gold and silver trade. That's why I bought gold and silver. It's a store of value. I don't see it as a means of transactions. Lots of people talk about that. I don't see it that way. It will never be something I use to buy something. It's just a store of value for me. It is absolutely and unequivocally an insurance policy for me. That's all it is. It's an insurance or a hedge, depending on how you want to frame it in your mind. And again, the digital gold that BlackRock talks about is interesting to me. I don't have to have a large safety deposit box or a safe at home or, you know, uh, gold bars at a, you know, a Singaporean bank or whatever it is. I don't have to do any of those things. I don't have the cost of storage. So my plan over the next six to 12 months is to secure 1% of my net worth in Bitcoin. That's what I'm going to do. I now own over a coin. Wow. Woohoo. Uh, I'm going to raise that over the next six to 12 months up to 1% of my net worth. And then I'm going to set it and forget it. It will never be more than an insurance policy for me. Uh, I didn't have another way, right? Gold and silver used to be, or was for me for a long time, that insurance policy. It's just frankly a headache uh, to collect and store and secure all of that at this point. I'm going to hold it. Um, and again, the beauty of the insurance policy at 1% is I am totally comfortable with it going to zero. I wouldn't like it, don't get me wrong. But when it's, when it's an insurance policy, when it's only 1% of your net worth, I can take that hit, um, not to mean, not to sound arrogant, but that's just the reality. Uh, if it, if I lost that 1%, certainly wouldn't be happy. Uh, but it's not, it's not going to crush us. So my plan is to treat this like cold storage is just like the gold and silver I accumulated in my thirties that I didn't, I sold like 12 years later. Um, I'm just going to hold it in cold storage. It's going to, I'm going to, I'm going to add until I'm at 1% of my net worth. And then I'm going to set it, forget it. It's, you know, it's never going to see the light of day. Uh, hopefully until I'm much, much, much older. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's one of those assets that gets, uh, gets given to Teresa uh, when I, uh, when I pass on. Again, for me, this is not an investment. I want people to hear me here. I am not day trading this. I'm not even calling it an investment. This is nothing more than an investment insurance policy against the destruction of the dollar. I have my real estate for inflation, real estate values, real estate rent. That's my inflation protection. My Bitcoin insurance is dollar destruction. That's why I'm doing it. Don't call me for Bitcoin advice. I don't have any. I don't know if it's going to go up or down. I'm buying insurance 
and I'm going to set it and forget it. So here is the link. So Coinbase, when I signed up and I traded, they sent me this link. If you use it, I will put it in the description below. If you use this link, you get $10. I get $10, full disclosure. Um, I think you have to trade 100 bucks, which again, if you trade 100 bucks, you get a 10% return. So not bad. Uh, but again, uh, full disclosure, if you use this link, you get 10, I get 10. I don't want there to be any confusion. Do not have to do this. I'm not investing in Bitcoin. I'm using it as an insurance policy. So hopefully that makes sense. It is certainly a very different strategy. Many of you have been watching this channel for a long time will probably be surprised by this. Again, let me say, real estate is my inflation protection. Real estate values, rent, all of that. I look at Bitcoin as the insurance policy against dollar destruction. Stupid government spending, dollar being you know reduced, so that's why I'm not going to be buying any altcoins. I'm only going to get 1% of my net worth, call it a day, never look at it again. So hopefully that makes sense. I was surprised myself when I came to this realization. I think it was on Wednesday when I'm like, okay, I'm going to follow what Chamath says and get 1%. I'm going to do it slowly over time. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. So hopefully that makes sense. Feel free to ask questions below. Take care.